Welcome to the EdTech Guru's audio experience. I am your host, Lena Marie Sale, the EdTech Guru. I first want to thank you for supporting our channel and following along as well as sharing with others. On this podcast, we break down the hard educational topics, prepare teachers for how to leave the classroom, support those who are feeling unsupported, and anything that has to do with ed tech. So tune in, turn it up, and let's get ready to disrupt education together. We are going to be mixing it up a bit and focusing on a new series. In this series, we will be breaking down the teacher transition process firsthand from teachers themselves. The teacher transition process can be challenging and tricky, but I wanted to give you a first look into what it looks like when you've made the transition. So we'll be hearing from teachers who've made the transition successfully throughout different roles in the post-classroom setting. We'll hear from their hardships, what the transition looked like, their stories, and everything in between. Nothing is off limits, so tune in, turn it up, and let's get ready to do this. Hello, everyone. On today's episode, we are joined by Jordan Campbell. She is a former educator turned marketer, and so we're going to learn from her story and her takeaways from her own teacher transition process. So Jordan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you decide to leave the classroom? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Jordan, and I was a third grade teacher for two years, and I was kind of that person growing up who you know, I always wanted to be a teacher, played school. Like there was never a doubt in my mind that teaching was what I wanted to do and was what I was meant to do. Um, and as I started teaching, like, don't get me wrong, like I still loved it. I just found myself in a different place in my life out of college than I was going into it. And, and as I got into the day-to-day of it, I, I started to like lose myself a little bit. And I was like, you know, maybe I'm not meant meant to do this forever, but I honestly had no clue what there was out there. Like I did not know what LinkedIn was. Everyone was telling me to make a LinkedIn and no clue what that was. And you know, the first place to start with it, I would Google like, you know, what can you do with a teaching degree? And all these things would pop up. And I was like, I, I'd rather just teach. Like, I don't, I, I, that's not for me. So how I got into marketing was actually on the side. I started up my own little fitness thing. It's kind of like my passion. It's kind of like my thing. So I started an Instagram page and it took off. It did really well. And then during the pandemic, I started running virtual boot camps. And then when the pandemic kind of, you know, lightened up a little bit, I did boot camps in person. And then I started my own like website individual training on the side. So through all of that, I was becoming obsessed with social, the ins and out of social, creating content, SEO. I made my own website. I was doing outreach and that's marketing. Um, So then I was like, okay, well, I really enjoy marketing and I think that I'm decent at it. Um, I love marketing. I love education. And then I ended up in ed tech. So I kind of found it in a weird roundabout way because I'm going to be honest, I think I was a little like misinformed about what marketing was. I assume marketing was like, oh, advertising and PR and there's just so much more to it. So once I became more educated, 
I was like, oh, this is a hundred percent what I meant to do. And, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but so much of marketing is like knowing your audience and who better to speak to teachers than a former teacher. Like every teacher will say, you don't know what teachers go through unless you've been in their shoes. Just stepping in a classroom is not the same. So I think that gave me a huge advantage when getting into marketing and the ed tech industry. I agree. I think the, the ed tech industry obviously very much needs teachers to walk in the shoes and an ed tech product just isn't seen as authentic. I think if it doesn't have teachers in the driver's seat, driving it some way or another. So I think that's pretty important. So you started your own this is what I love about this series is everyone has their own pathway to how they transitioned. Um, we had someone who went back to school, um, someone who just, you know, networked with their friends to kind of get there. Um, some people that took other journeys by like networking and doing groups, but you started a fitness, you know, Instagram type of thing, which everyone loves to be an influencer. Right. Um, so what you talked about, like SEO and like those types of things. So how did you figure, obviously those aren't things we know as elementary teachers. So how did you figure out how to even do that or how to kind of tap into that to have then see some success? Right. So it started out as just the social thing. And like you said, I quickly realized the influencer life was not for me. Like I don't (laughs) like sharing everything out there, but I like creating the content. And so, you know, for social, I just began like researching the different algorithms, how you could optimize the different algorithms, like how to figure out like what's trending and when. Um, But then when it came time to like building my own website and learning how to monetize through that, and I'm like, how are people even going to know I exist? That's when I really started to be like, okay, I really need to educate myself in marketing specifically. So started off with research, but then I quickly found HubSpot. And if anyone's listened to anything, I sing their praises till the end, but I took so many HubSpot courses because they're free and they were so easy for someone. I had never dove into marketing before. I didn't know the terminology. I didn't know what SEO was. Like I literally, I think Googled like, how do I get people to see my website? Like, and then it, you know, it took me to that. Um, but I really dove into those HubSpot, those HubSpot courses. And I took as many as I could. And then as I was taking them, okay, yes, I learned about SEO and how to optimize what I was doing at the time. But it also helped me to figure out what I wanted to do in the future. Like, okay, I realized I loved content marketing. And then maybe there were also parts that I wasn't crazy about, but it helped me to narrow my search moving forward so that I was not just spraying and praying when I was applying for jobs. I was being like intentional and taking my time and targeted. And that's when I started to get interviews and see success and figure out, okay, this is what I want to do and kind of where, where I should be. Yeah. I love the HubSpot courses as well. And I always preach them too. I like them because they're low risk, mm-hmm. but I also feel like they have like a high production quality and you actually really learn a lot from them. I've learned a lot about marketing. I also didn't know about marketing really. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew like, I know what marketing is, I thought, right. And then you get into a company or something and you're like, wow, content, product marketing, social media marketing, right. lead gen, there's all these like different pieces, but 
if it weren't for HubSpot, I wouldn't know what I knew about social media and it helped me to grow in my role. So I think, I think that even if you are like well past that and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure. Like HubSpot has amazing courses. I have customer success courses, I still sales use courses. It. Yeah, I do too. I still use it. Like <laughs> I am, I, and especially in like marketing, marketing, it's always evolving. Like I will, I, I just love HubSpot. Like if there's something I don't know, I'm like, let me see if there's a course on this. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, and like you said, it's so user-friendly. Like when I first started taking them, I didn't know any of the acronyms. Like I, I knew nothing and it really helped to just kind of like start from, you know, ground zero and work my way up. Um, it's, I just, I cannot not recommend that enough. Yeah. I definitely agree with that, especially the social media. Like if you're thinking of just doing like marketing, the social media on HubSpot is actually really good. It talks about, you know, content planners and you know, how to like, what kinds of keywords to use and, you know, just like really introducing you into those. So I think that's a really great um, way to do that. So as far as like the, the marketing piece, and you mentioned people kept telling you how to get on LinkedIn. So what are some other ways or other steps that you took to officially make the transition from the classroom to, yeah, to the corporate space? Yeah. So I started and Like I said, I wasn't I'm going to be completely honest. Like I'm like the biggest LinkedIn junkie now, but when I started, I was like not bought in. And I was like, I just do not get this. Like, what's the power? So I remember like reaching out to like local recruiters I knew. And I was like, this is just not, this is not working. So then I finally started, I was like, okay, you know, I I was applying to random jobs. I wasn't getting anything back. And I was like, well, they don't know me. Like I just need them to know me. And then I'm like, huh. If I dive into LinkedIn and allow people to get to know me that way, maybe I'll have greater success. So when I really sat down and I was like, okay, I'm ready to make this change. I think as teachers, like they're so long where we're like, oh, we want to leave teaching and we'll apply for some things, but it is a big jump and you have to, making a transition, it's like having a part-time job. Like if you're not doing it and putting everything into it, chances are you're not going to see that outcome. So I went into LinkedIn and again, it was a lot of like self-teaching and a lot of trial and error and learning how to make sure that, you know, my profile was up to date. And then I started looking into like following before I was like, oh, I cannot connect with someone who I don't know and who doesn't know me. Like that's crazy. And then I was like, no, I need to start following people who you know, are in positions that maybe I could see myself in or people who were in the same position as me going through a similar transition. Um, I looked into, you know, different thought leaders. I started researching all the different companies that I found interesting um, and looking at people who worked there, maybe people who were in roles that I saw myself in. And then I started to reach out to people kind of like, I call them like, well, in like informational interviews. Um, So if there was a role that I liked, it wasn't, you know, I was not expecting, I was not doing this with the intention, like, oh, I'm going to get a job from this. I was doing it with the purpose of, I want to build this relationship. And I genuinely want to learn what is going to make me a better candidate and more successful at the role that I want. Or if there was a company that I was interested in, I would ask to talk to somebody to learn more about that company. Um, 
So once I started doing that, I started building those better relationships, those, you know, meaningful relationships. My network started to grow and I kind of started to learn like, you know, those tricks that people say on LinkedIn, like they really do work. Like, you know, if I found a job that I liked and I applied for it, I would message the hiring manager or the job poster and it makes a difference. Um, so once I really started to like, if I'm doing this, I'm doing it the right way. I'm growing my network. That's when I saw the difference. Yeah, I think what we learn from any of these teacher transition stories is taking initiative, um, taking and hustling. Like there isn't another way to say it besides that. Like the truth is, no matter what people want to say, it is a grind to leave or to job hunt. Even a people, even a person who is not leaving the classroom, they're just deciding they want to change a different career pathway, or maybe even switch to another company. It is a grind. So you have to make sure that you're doing that and you're making sure that you're building authentic relationships and networking. So I think a lot of times what you're saying, like, you know, <laughs> is that we have to build these authentic conversations with people and making sure that it's not just a one-way street. Very often it feels like I just want to take everything and not give anything back. But at the end of the day, like you and I, we met right via LinkedIn. Um, And so we've, we've had these conversations. We've never met in person, but we have a very authentic professional relationship um, that we built over time because it wasn't just like, Hey, Lena, what can you give me? It was like, Hey, and we started to have this like authentic conversation. And, and I think what for me has been so powerful about LinkedIn is one watching teachers actually make the transition and like, Oh, you're, you're so helpful. And it's just, I just want to give back because nobody, there was nobody laying that groundwork for me when I started, but also, also just these relationships that you have, these people become as I always say, your circle. And it's just so, it's just so crazy to think that a few years ago, this would have never been a thing. Like I would never have friends in all these other States that I've never physically met in person, but we get along so well. And we are able to talk hard things and, and have professional conversations. Right. And like when I transitioned, like this big transitioning teacher movement, like was not really a thing yet. So I remember getting on LinkedIn and like, I didn't have as many resources as there are today. Like, I just think the amount of people who are there to offer support and to help on LinkedIn, like it's incredible. And like, we genuinely, like we do want to help. And like, I just think like what you said is amazing. Like I have such a, like, I have so many people in my corner who I've never met in person, but who I develop these genuine and authentic relationships. Like through LinkedIn and through the internet, but they are genuine and it's a two-way street. And I think that that is really important. And I think that in, when you're transitioning, like you said, it's a grind and it's not going to happen overnight. And I think a lot of times, like people want that instant gratification almost, but that's not how it works. And you have to be willing to like put in the time. And like, you know, when I reached out to you, I didn't want anything in return. I literally just wanted to talk to you. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, then it developed into this like amazing relationship where I know I have you and I can come to you like with anything that I need, but I was never expecting anything from you. I didn't even expect you to respond. Do you know what I mean? Like, but you did. And it just, so 
it's just, it's really cool when you really take the time and the initiative to develop those relationships. Like it's really cool. It can come from it. Very much so. And I think one thing about the teacher transition process is there is a lot of rejection. Some people get lucky. I've talked to a couple of people who work with me at Canva and I'm like, (laughs) how did you make it happen? They're like, I don't know. I just like applied. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that was so, and this is the first job I applied to it. I'm like, wow, that's like amazing. But that's not really the truth and reality for most people. It is a very hard process filled with a lot of like rejection for me, that rejection fueled me. I was like, okay, obviously something I'm doing is not working. If I'm keeping all these no's, Um, and I took a different path, but I just applied for everything. Like I didn't know where I wanted to go. I had so many interests. I still have so many interests of things that I really, really enjoy. And so I just kind of started going and kind of going with, with plate. I took interviews for like setting up Costco setups. I I did, I did everything just because I needed to practice. I always tell this story, but like I applied once for company that I was a trainer for them. Um, I did district trainings and whatever else. <laughs> I was like, I, I was just embarrassed. Like I did not do well. I yeah. thought I had it in the bag. And just because you use a product does not mean that you're going to nail the interview. Let me just tell you, I've done it twice. And it was a bad move on both times for me. Yeah. So it's important to also do your research and just know that like, you're going to fail. It's going to happen. But everything, if everything in life that we did was great the first time we would never be as resilient as we are today. And so I think that's also like an important aspect. So did you feel like when you started, did you have like a lot of rejection that you experienced? Yes, because I did. I remember when I started, I did exactly what we did. I had no clue what I wanted to do. Like before I narrowed down to like marketing is the route I want to take. I was just spraying and praying. And I remember I got like a few interviews and I like had an interview for like recruiting, customer success, sales. And I was like, oh my Lord, no, I do not want like, absolutely. I was so grateful that I got an interview. And then I remember sitting in it and I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to do this. Um, But also before, you know, I narrowed down that I wanted to do marketing I applied for so many positions and I, it was just rejection after rejection or you never even heard anything. And I, at that point I was like, okay, something that I am doing is not working. And then that's when I had to take the step back and be like the strategy strategy that I'm using is not working. I need to change something. So that's when I like looked and I was like, okay, I need to figure out what do I want to do? I need to tailor my resume. I need to make sure I'm tailoring my resume for each job. Like it's not one size fits all. Um, and that takes time. And and I like, it takes time. It's work. It's not something that you're going to sit down and apply for 20 jobs. You know, I was like, I'm going to find a few that are a really good fit and I'm going to take my time, make sure my resume, my cover letter, whatever I'm submitting aligns, I'm putting everything I have into this. And it was like that quality over quantity thing. And once I did that, then I started getting interviews and it was more quickly after that, that I got my first, my first job out of the classroom. I think that's a really important thing is tailoring your resume for each job. I know we see a lot on LinkedIn, like, Oh, you know, I'm having such a tricky time. If you're not getting responses, there's a reason. Number one reason why you're probably not getting responses is your resume. And I know recruiters are going to come at me and you guys can come at me all you want. But the truth is, is that your resume is not meeting. It doesn't match it. Mm -hmm. 
in the time that this is like a crazy teacher transition time, this is the time of the great resignation. You have hundreds, if not thousands of applicants applying for jobs. And so what's going to set yourself apart? Well, if your resume doesn't match, right. Doesn't have a good match rate. Doesn't have the right things. If I pull it up and I'm like, "Mm, I'm not going to be looking through thousands of applications. I want the ones that have the best match. And so that's just an important piece as well as tailoring your resume. A lot of you, I don't know how to say this. A lot of you guys' resumes are just out of date. Don't remove your teaching background. Some people will say that they'll go to a resume writer and they remove their teaching background and put it into this like qualification section. I don't really know, but like your teaching is valuable. You just have to be able to state it in a way that matches the job. Exactly. Remove it. That's who you are. That's why we, that's why ed tech companies want you. They want you because you're a teacher, not don't take it off. Right. And I will see that sometimes. And when I see that, like that makes my heart hurt because like you are a teacher and there's so many transferable skills. It's learning how to quantify those experiences and put them in language that translates. And it's once you like take the time to do it, you will see like, wow, what I do on a daily basis translates so easily into this new career or this new job that I want. And I've seen that too. And I'm like, yeah, that's who you are. That's made you who you are. You have so much experience from it. It's just making sure you're showing it the right way. Yeah. And if anything's less than five years old, just don't put it on there. Okay. We know, make sure it's on your LinkedIn and people can go back and see that it's on your LinkedIn, but I don't need to see that you student taught in in 1970 or, or even me, like I student taught in 2008, like that doesn't need to be on my resume. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't carry any weight. It was unpaid, right? You, we know that. Um, it just doesn't carry the same weight. And if you're at the same school, so like I talked to someone who was not even in teaching the other day and they've been at the same company for eight years and they're ready to make a transition. And I asked them if they stayed in the same position all eight years, because yeah. on their resume, it's one listing. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, then you have to show that you've had upward mobility and growth. Like who cares if you've been at the same company or the same school, but like, show us what movement you've had also. Um, But make sure you just can quantify your resumes. Anna Murphy does a really good job. Aaron Luber on LinkedIn. Both of them have really great ways to like do your resume. Be careful with a resume writer because they are doing a canned thing. And oftentimes those resumes are, don't, look so great. You're going to have to reformat them after. And I, and I think something I learned too, like, I remember when I started applying, like I didn't even have my fitness thing on my resume because I was like, well, that's, it's just a side thing. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I have so much that I can share and that I've, that I've accomplished here. And I remember, I think I talked to Anna and she was like, that needs to be on your resume. Like that needs to be like, you are a, like you are Mark, this is marketing put it on your resume. And I, I talked to so many teachers who were in the same boat and they're like, well, I'm a teacher right now. I'm like, yes, but this thing you're doing on the side, like there's so much valuable content and experience Mm -hmm. there. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's also important. Like, yeah, we don't need to have things from when we were, you know, from 20 years ago, but also like, don't devalue the things that you do and the things you accomplish. Definitely really, really good feedback. Cause I do the same thing too. Like when when I'm doing something, I'm like, oh, should I put my like YouTube stuff on there? And then I didn't do it. And then I was like, no, I should put it on there because it is content that I'm creating. So people can see that I'm not trying to be like, oh, 
like I'm the biggest rock star. Sorry. Like that's not, <laughs> not at all, but, but it does take, you know, you're editing, you're doing these different skills. Yeah. So like, it's an important thing that like, you're kind of compiling to kind of show. So don't, if you're doing something on the side, there's a lot of people who have been tutoring or, you know, all these other things, make sure you're including those two, because those are valuable. Or if you were, you know, the lead in your school team, make sure you're putting that too, because you're leading, you're leading initiatives, you're doing workshops, you're doing all these things that really do relate to outside of the classroom. So I think definitely what you said is key. Don't devalue yourself. That's really, really important. Especially like you said, just there's so many, there's an influx of teachers trying to transition right now. And there's just people trying to transition. Like you have to find a way to stand out. So like, if you don't value yourself and these things you do and show off a little bit, like no one's ever going to see it. Exactly. Yep. So now that you've made the transition and you've worked at a few different companies and things like that, how do you feel like the transition has been like, what is life like post transition? It's, <laughs> it's like, it's just so different. And I, I will sit here sometimes and be like, I cannot believe I was a teacher. We're like, I got up every day and I got dressed and I went into a building and I couldn't use the restroom when I wanted to, and I was scarfing my lunch down. And like, don't get me wrong. Like any job that you have and career that you choose, there's going to be stresses, but the stresses are just different. Um, and there's things that I miss about teaching, of course, but I know for me, I made the absolute right decision for myself. Like my quality of life has just it's improved drastically and my work-life balance, which is something that I really value. Um, it, it's, it's just been night, night and day for me. And I think that, you know, when I was leaving teaching, I was like, well, what if I, you know, what if I miss it? It's like, I can always go back. I can, but for me, I know I made the right choice. Um, and it's just like little things like drinking my coffee while it's still hot and, you know, sitting here and I have, pajama bottoms and what it's like it's just it's little things like that um you know there's different stressors you know I'm worried now about like okay am I hitting my KPIs are we hitting our revenue target rather than being responsible for you know 37 year old for me personally it it was a hundred percent the right decision and I'm I'm very happy and I'm still in that ed tech space and you know I'm still getting to be in a space that I love and I'm passionate about just in a different way. That's what I think. And I'm not advocating for every teacher to leave and go into ed tech. That's what I was trying to say that's not, it's not for, and like it just, for me personally, mm-hmm. it was the right move. That's why I think we both have stayed in ed tech. Now I work at Canva, but I work at the, the education part of that. So it is the ed tech piece of it, but I like it because I get to still work with students and teachers. And to me, that like is a really, really great impact. And if I believe in the product and I believe what we're doing, then I know that I'm changing other people's lives in a way, like I'm so passionate about the training and I'm so passionate about these different things because I, I know what it was like on the other side. And so even though I may not be teaching every day and I may not know the hardships that are, everyone is being faced with, cause I've been out of the classroom for almost next month would be four years. I, we do it for you because mm-hmm. we've been there. And I think that that brings value to the table as well. Right. And I think that's what also, like, I think that's why we have been so successful is because we have been there. And like right now I'm running a campaign to like, I'm sending out certificates to teachers and their students. And like, you know, I'm getting responses that, you know, this made their day and they're so excited. And like, it makes me know that I'm still making a difference. It might be in a different way, but I'm still getting to interact with them on a daily basis. And I'm still getting to see the difference that 
is being made in classrooms. And at the end of the day, that's what I wanted. So, so for a person who is looking to make the transition, what key tips or takeaways would you give a person who's just beginning the process? So I think number one, like lean in to LinkedIn. And I know you hear that so often, but it really is true. Lean into LinkedIn and network, like build those genuine, authentic relationships. Like there's so many people out there who want to help and really try to, you know, it's fine to like take a little bit to figure out what you want to do and apply for different roles. But once you are able to narrow it down and kind of target what you want to do, take that time, tailor your resume. It's it's a grind. But if you put the time in, you will see the return. Um, and don't be afraid to to reach out to people, like you know, to to get those informational informational interviews. Like the worst they can do is not respond. Like, but just if it's something that's going to bring value to you, do it. If you're interested in marketing, lean into HubSpot, self educate. Yeah, and that's the I could go on and on forever. But I think that those are the key things that I would start with. And you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh well target what you want to do. It takes time to get there sometimes and that's okay. So that's, that's where I would start. One thing that I haven't really asked you about, but do you want to tell people a little bit about like what it is that you do in a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So I, um, right now I'm a marketing manager and I kind of, I do a little bit of everything. I started my first job out of the classroom was I was strictly a social media manager. So I was very specialized and I ran the company's social media um, and working with strategies. And there's just number one, just social media in itself, like it's enough for a full-time job. And, and I love that. And then when I was there, I got the ability to kind of, you know, dabble in some other things in marketing that I found that I really enjoyed. So currently I do a little bit of everything and there's different roles. Like you can have that specialist role if you want, or you can be more of a generalist, but my day to day now is, you know, I run our social, I do email campaigns. So those emails you get in your inbox from the companies, like I get to create those for my company. We do a lot of events. I get to do podcasts and videos. And I talk to teachers on a daily basis, like talking to them about their experiences in the classroom. I write blogs. I do PR. We go to conferences. I plan events. So I do a lot right now, um, but I kind of love it because it's helping me, number one, I'm still young in my marketing career, to get all of those experiences and I'm learning a ton. And it's also, like I said, like helping me to figure out too, like, okay, what exactly, what part of marketing do I want to narrow down in one or do I want to keep doing a little bit of everything? And I've loved, loved, loved the opportunity to get to do everything. Like I do SEO and website and content, like any type of marketing you can name, I pretty much do right now. That was an overview because I would talk all day about. <laughs> That's okay though. I think it's good for people to get an idea about like, what exactly is it? Each thing, even like a customer success manager varies from, you know, role to role and company right. to company. And the same thing with marketing, you know, like you're saying you're doing a little bit of everything at CodeMonkey. We did a lot of everything um, at Canva at 
each department is segmented. So there's product marketers, there's content marketers, there's social media marketers. Um, and then there's just like the general, you know, go to market strategies and life cycle. And so, you know, there's just a lot of different pieces involved with marketing. So if you have like one, maybe you like blog writing, content marketing right. is a really great place for you. I think it's important too. something I learned when I was applying is that like, look at the job description because, you know, you can look at content marketer and it's completely different than what another content marketer is doing at another company. So, you know, a marketing manager at another company might just handle SEO or they might just handle content marketing. I wanted to do a little bit of everything, but if you, if there's specific things you like to do, look at the job description, not just not yeah. just the position title. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a second grade teacher where, you know, you're doing second right, grade right. <laughs> teaching. That's what you'll be doing, but it's, it's every company has their own discretion about job titles. And so that's really important. Also, I would say a key takeaway is to definitely read the job descriptions because sometimes you'd be surprised what's hidden in the job descriptions that might not be consistent with the title. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or people, different companies just have de different definitions of what mm -hmm. that means or their go-to-market strategy is different. So the job description is going to be different for those people. We talked about this in, in every episode of the series. So I figured I would ask you this too, but since leaving the classroom, you mentioned that you kind of felt like you were getting lost in the classroom and you were kind of losing yourself a little bit. And you talked about how refreshing it is to be out of the classroom, but how do you feel like your mental health has been um, since leaving? It's night and day. And that was a big reason that I left the classroom. I mean, my mental health was, it was suffering. Like, I'm going to be honest. I was, my husband always says like, I was a shell of a person and I would be so exhausted when I came home at the end of the day that I would have no energy to like talk to him. And you know, the things that were most important to me, I wasn't doing, I just, I was not myself and it upset me so badly because for so long, I wanted to be a teacher. And I think it took some time for me to like realize that no job should be making a person feel this way. Um, and that it was okay that I was feeling that way. It just wasn't the right fit. And I needed to do something about it. And when I did, I'm just, you know, I have energy again. And I'm, I'm myself, like I talk a lot. I was, I did not talk like when I was teaching because I was so exhausted. And I just went through the motions. And I remember like crying in my car and like, I'm like, I'm not this, this sad person who I was, you know, anxious, depressed, like it was, it was a really rough time. Um, and, you know, did, you know, you still struggle with things outside of the classroom, but it, it was night and day for me, honestly. Like I remember the second that I resigned, I literally felt a weight like off my chest. Like I could almost like breathe again, you know? So for me and Again, this is not me saying transition, transition, but if you were in that position, like it is okay. It, it's okay to feel that way, but know that there's something you can do to better yourself. And we're never advocating for teachers to leave or anything, but what we do want to do is we want to support teachers in and out of the classroom. Exactly. And it's important for you to feel that, that level of support as well. I, I did the same thing. Like I would get home. And I wouldn't talk to, I wouldn't even listen to the radio, like on the way no. home. I, I just wanted to just, and before I would go into the gym, I would just sit in my car in just silence. And it felt yeah. so crazy because now, now, now I seek like talking to people and like, right. you know, those right. types of like my husband, he also works from home and he gets very irritated because I want to <laughs> talk to him during the day, you know? 
um, because I want people to talk to because I'm working right. from home and and that situation. Um, and you work remote as well. Do you feel like that was the, I've heard from some people that that can be a really hard transition. Um, so how did you feel like that transition was like for you? I mean, I, I love it. Like, and now my husband, my husband works from home too. Now he just got a remote job and like our quality of life. I'm just like, I feel like, you know, I always say like, you know, you, you work to live, you don't live to work. And like, I feel like, I think I said that right. Work to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, I just feel like our quality of life, like, and it's little things like, okay, now in the morning, instead of driving an hour to work, like we go on a walk together or we get coffee together. And, you know, it, it, it's just, it's little things. Like I, I love working at home because I am someone who I do work really well by myself and I'm able to not get distracted and just bang things out. Like I was that person who I would bring work home simply because I worked better at home. Um, and for me, like, it's like a level of comfort. I'm a homebody. So it, it's a good fit for me. And I know that it's not a good fit for everyone. I work with some people and they like go to coffee shops and, and that's great. Like you find what works for you, but for me, I could never not be remote. I love it as well. I like that. I have time to think to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really do well with like overstimulation, like even in staff meetings and stuff, I would always like sit to the, towards the back. Cause I needed time to pro like I'm a processor. So like, I want to process things. Um, so sometimes being in an office or something while I like to go when like, you know, Canva has an office, code monkey had an office. I love to go like a few times a year to like catch up with everyone and see people in person and really do some like really deep strategy. Cause I think it helps you work more collaboratively together because you can understand each other's personalities because sometimes you can't really through zoom or those types of things but I just like having and some people don't thrive like that but for me right. I just need the processing time no and I agree and I think too like yes it is I think for some people it's harder to build like those relationships and connections over zoom like but like for me I've had like the total opposite experience like I have like my absolute best friend i met working remotely we worked at our first job together and now we work um at our current position together and like and we clicked so like it is possible to build those connections and those relationships like even in a remote world like she's like that long lost twin that everyone says they have I'm like oh I, I you're that person for me do you know what I mean it doesn't always happen and I'm not saying you're going to go and find your absolute best friend or connect with everyone but it is possible to, to have that even in a remote, remote world. It's different for sure. Um, but that collaboration piece still is there. You just have to make a little bit more of an effort. I agree. And I, I actually, I actually value it more personally, yeah. like the, the remote building of it, because you have to like kind of dig your heels in and get to know each other a little bit more where like, if you're going next door, you're just bumping into them. And, and sometimes it stays very surface. Exactly. Um, so it kind of allows you to dive in a little bit deeper. I totally agree. I hope you have enjoyed this episode with Jordan. And we are so thankful that she was able to come on, share her story, learn a little bit about her transition from teacher to marketer. Um, if you have any questions or wanting to connect with Jordan, her social handles will be in our show notes. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. All right, everyone. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much. You've made it this far. I appreciate all of your support. 
please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, throw the comments below in the comment section. I'm always looking for new ideas and hot trends, or if you're looking to sponsor our podcast and video episodes, reach out to us on any of our social media channels, and you can even find us anywhere you find your podcasts. Once again, my name's Lena Marie Saleh, the EdTech Guru, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody.